Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is... The Good Life Bowhunter, official podcast of the NBA. We're back, man. We're back and we're live <laughs> from our actual mics. I know. It's the first time since March, I think. Yeah, it is. No, it's uh, been a long hiatus on the Zoom platform, so... It has. Nice to be able to use our actual equipment again. It is. For a change, so... <laughs> Dang right. Um... But yeah, man, we've had a lot go on here in the past couple weeks, so... Um, you aren't kidding. Be uh, anxious to get that going. Um, I guess first things first, always, we just... Uh, uh, if you want to just touch on a few NBA things, and if there's anything that you had pressing on your mind, or any announcements you need to bring up, yeah, go ahead so, and do that. Uh, any of you members out there that want to send me some success photos... I'd like to start posting them on on the Instagram page just for our members to see and, you know, everybody follow on that page. So if you want to text them to me, send me a Facebook message or on Instagram. If you're following the NBA account, you can send it right to that. So if you want to send in your success photos, I'd really appreciate it. And I know everyone else would want to see our members' success too. So Definitely. No, I always enjoy seeing all those for sure. Absolutely. Anybody and everybody, send them over to Zach. Should I just send them to our uh, NBA Instagram account? Would that be easiest? Yeah, or that'd probably uh, be easiest. Okay. actually. Yeah, yeah. If you and if you haven't followed that yet, now's a great time to do that. So. Yep. <laughs> and it's just it's Nebraska Bowhunter Association, right? I mean, that's what it. Yep. That's what it says. So, give that a follow on Instagram, and Zach said, like I said, he'll be posting more on that. So, um, yeah. With that, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Let's get right into it. So, do you want to uh, you want to touch on? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll just kind of keep in line with with our previous conversation. You've had a kind of a eventful past couple of weeks here. Um, I know we kind of talked about the first Bucky shot, but yeah, tell us. Uh, man, I'm dying to hear it personally. You haven't heard you it haven't, yet. You haven't I, told me the story. I told you I was going to give you a phone <laughs> call, and I didn't. I no, didn't, it's all didn't good. get around yeah. to it, and then. We talked about doing this podcast. I was like, well, I'll just save it for then. Yeah, man. So tell me what happened. I mean, that was a beautiful deer. So So, uh, this would have been two weeks ago on on Friday. And for those of you who who don't know, I have about a two-year predicament going on with mule deer here. And I just got (laughs) a serious bone to pick with them. I mean, I've missed missed shots, blown stocks. And so I absolutely vowed 100%. Actually, I should say 99.99% vowed <laughs> to save my second tag for a mule deer this year. And so my dad's been up, was uh, actually up in Montana on an elk hunt, and I had been going home every weekend just to kind of take care of some yards for him, mowing and walking hills in the morning and in the evening, taking my sister out hunting. So I had walked for a couple weekends looking for muleys, saw one little buck, and so the third weekend I went home, I actually got out of class a little early on a Friday and uh, went down south of town walking some hills and saw the same little buck. I was on my way home and I drove by this hay meadow and saw this big white tail out there feeding with like probably 15 or 16 does and I recognized the buck. He was one we actually almost ran over. We were going down to Antelope Hunt at the end of August, and he ran right in front of us, and we about killed him right there. Jeez. So uh, that was running number one with him, and he was just a big, wide five-by-six, 
with uh he was in full velvet at the time but anyways i recognized him right away i was like that's the exact same buck and i so i i put the pickup in park and i'm watching him for a little bit and and uh, watching him through the binos and he's feeding on this one green spot on this hay meadow down at the edge of the swamp and the rest of the hay meadow was kind of dried up and dead so i watch him and i just drive off and and uh so i went home that night and i looked up who owned it and uh i give the man a call the next day and he didn't answer so i leave him a voicemail and tell him my name and everything and that i'm looking to bow hunt deer and if you'd give me a call that i'd appreciate it and you know kind of left it at that and the next day or that night my dad actually got home and the next morning we're kind of wrapping elk meat matt had killed an elk up there and freezer wrapping it and everything and the phone rings and i'm yelling at my sister to pick up the phone and the voicemail kicks on and it's him he tells me to give him a call so anyways long story short i give him a call back and he gives me permission and so i'm thinking you know i this is probably i'm probably only going to get a couple shots at this thing he kind of gave me permission at the time but told me anytime i got to go back that i got to check in with his son and so i'm thinking man i should probably go there and at least scout this evening and see where they're coming from to where i can set up a tree stand the way this hay meadow is set up there's a hay meadow and bordering it to the north is a big marsh that goes for several hundred yards and on the far west end of the hay meadow is a group of trees where i'm thinking maybe i can set a stand but i'd seen them bed in there a couple times and i'm just like i don't know if that's a good idea also i need probably an odd wind to sit in there mm-hmm. and and so anyways i i tell my dad i'm just like you're probably gonna have to just drop me off and i'm just gonna tuck in somewhere along the marsh fairly close to that lush spot where they're feeding just to get an idea where they're coming out maybe to where i can set a stand and maybe come back and hunt next weekend because you know i can't drive in there there's nowhere to park without the deer seeing me so my dad drops me off at the edge of the road and I kind of pick my way along the swamp and I'm trying to find a spot to tuck in at. And I finally find this spot that's about 40 yards away from that lush lush spot from the marsh, you know. So I tuck back into the cattails, pull some of them down over me and honestly just lay flat on my back and keep my eyes to the west, kind of where the hay meadow comes up to a rise where the deer were to the west and i was like they're gonna come over that hill to this spot if they do the same thing as they did the night before so i'm laying there and a couple hours go by and all of a sudden does start coming over the far hill on the far end of the meadow kind of towards this green spot i'm just like here we go here come his does here comes one another one they're starting to file down i'm just like he's gonna be bringing up the rear and i'm just like here come all these does and i'm laying there and the does make their way to the lush spot in front of me and they're like 30 some 40 yards just feeding there and i just got my eye i'm just, i'm laying low enough i can just see the top of their backs i'm so i'm watching them kind of watching the horizon to see if that buck's coming and all of a sudden behind me at like 40 yards i just hear just the loudest commotion come ru- running through the reeds it sounded like i mean i heard a horse is running through there and I, I turn around real slow and like eight or nine does come busting out of the swamp from behind me jeez and run right through my wind and they all run out into the hay meadow and one stops directly downwind of me and starts snorting i was like you gotta be kidding me i'm just like <laughs> they they came out from behind me like i'm thinking they're gonna come from the west which 
when I saw those coming from the west, I thought that was it. And then, so mm-hmm. these eight or nine does come from behind me. The one stops and snorts, and they all the does take off running over the hill to the west. And I'm thinking, that's it. You know, there were probably 12 or 13 does right there, and those were probably all the ones with him. So anyways, I watch them run over the hill, and I kind of start to work up to my knees to and turn to see if there's anything following them. And I pop up, and on the far east end of the meadow, there that buck is, feeding with a little buck. And so, like, I duck back down real quick. It's like, oh, man, he's like 140, 150 yards away. He must have came from the east and came through the gate into that meadow. So I'm kind of, like, looking what's between me and him, and there's I'm on the very edge of the swamp, so, like, it's starting to taper down in the hay meadow, and I start picking out a few reeds between me and him. And so, like, I just start belly crawling towards him. I'm just like, if he comes this way to where he was last night in this lush spot, he's going to walk right through my wind. And so I kind of drop back and start circling around and picking out a few reeds. I'd, I'd get to one bunch, and I'd pop up and range him, crawl to the next one, pop up, range him. Finally, I get to 77 yards, and it's the edge of the meadow, and the wind was howling that night, but like it's like kind of at my back and kind of a straight wind, and he has no idea I'm there. I mean, it was doing really well covering my noise, and I pop up, and I range him at 77, and I'm just like, I'm going to draw back. I'm going to put my pin on him. If he still has no idea I'm here, I'm just going to squeeze it, and if I'm comfortable, I'm just going to see what happens. So I draw back, and I put my pin on him, and he's still just feeding there in the hay meadow. And I'm, I will look at the other buck. He's not doing anything. And slowly I just start squeezing the trigger, and the shot breaks, and it was just like slow motion. My arrow's just going like perfect, and then like I, I lose sight of it, and like I can't hear a thump or anything because it was windy. And the buck jumps, and like he runs 10 yards, and he's looking around. And like I, I could tell when my arrow was going, I was like, man, that looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so I start knocking another arrow and getting getting ready to draw. And, and I'm just like, I just got to get another one in him. And I, I shoot, and he takes off running. I'm just like, I, I shouldn't have shot again. You know, that probably just spooked him for good, and I'll never see him again. And he takes off running, and I just see him get to that. There's another tree grove to the south that he he's starting to run towards. So I'm watching him, and he stops at the edge of the tree grove. And I'm just like, it just seems like time standing still. And all of a sudden, he just tips over and starts kicking. And, and, like, I'm looking through my binoculars, and he kicks for a few seconds, and then that was just it. It was just silent. And <laughs> I, I seriously just, like, sat down and fell on my back, and, like, I had to just take it in for a second. It's like, no way that just happened. Like, it was, it was just the widest range of emotions I've, like, ever experienced in deer hunting. It was incredible. And, uh, anyways, I, I go up there, and he was deader than... A doornail and I, I lay my bow there and I go down and I'm like looking for my arrow for a little while just to see if I can find it don't find it and I see headlights coming down the road and my dad comes to pick me up and he pulls up and rolls down the window and he and I just go we gotta go drag him he's dead up on the hill and my dad's reaction was almost my favorite thing the whole thing he couldn't <laughs> believe it. he was in complete shock and anyways we snapped some photos and we loaded him and I'm telling my dad the story on the way back into town and and uh, I get like a few minutes into the story kind of towards then he's like you got to restart I already zoned out <laughs> he couldn't believe it but uh no like That's I said I, I I vowed to save that second tag for a muley and that was one deer that I 
I told my dad this one's an exception. I remember texting him that night after I saw him. He was on his way home from Montana, and I was like, this is one deer I would... I'd take an exception over the muley on, so... Absolutely. I know. <clears throat> I was pretty tickled, to say the least. Pretty humbled, and I don't feel deserving, but, man, that was definitely my favorite deer hunt of all time. I, Dude, that's... <laughs> I'd be lying a little bit if I... I didn't say there were a few tears shed there when I was laying on my back, but uh, yeah, that's was pretty a, cool, man. I mean, to be able to, you know, like I said, you know, you'd seen him there a couple times, and then just, I mean, that's just incredible. To I just know, man. He, uh, like that and, I remember yeah. the first time I saw that buck, he really caught my eye. I mean, he had a kicker off his brow tine. I remember just looking at him through my rangefinder when after we about ran him over, ran him over, and he was like standing there seven yards, I'm like man. That thing is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And then I saw him hard horn that two nights before I killed him. I was like looking at him. I was like, man, he's a gorgeous buck. But yeah. No, I I was tickled with him. I mean, honestly, off the ground, that thing could have been a 130, and I would have been just as tickled. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> On the ground, that's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Something I've always wanted to do. Didn't yeah. think was possible. But. Absolutely. Got it done. I guess so. He's he's in the freezer now. He's so in the freezer. That's awesome. Been in the stomach a few times too. <laughs> yeah. Tasting good. Oh man, dude, that's fantastic. That is really really cool. Did you uh? So when you uh? Did you ever find the arrow or no? Just found it when I was gutting him. Did you? It, yep. It uh went in. He was slightly quartering away. Went in. I mean, just perfect. Came out tight behind the shoulder. And he broke off the half that came out, Perfect. and then the other half was up in him. So, Perfect. Yeah, it ended up he... Perfect shot. He didn't last too long. Didn't even need the second one. He just didn't I know guess, it. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it worked out. I mean, yeah. like I said, I couldn't... I didn't hear it hit or anything, but uh, he went up there, and man, when he fell down, I was like, oh, man. Wow. Yeah. but That's uh, awesome. Didn't end up finding the arrow till I gutted him. Yeah. So. There you go. Well, good work, man. Well, I appreciate uh, it. <laughs> you're just a deer killing machine, man. Just it's just incredible. Just love it. Yes, that was uh, one of the most unexpected ways. I, I mean, I couldn't even dreamed how that would unfold. No, that's but, that's fantastic. It's awesome. You betcha. But, so, uh, congrats to you, buddy. Thanks, but, buddy. Well, say enough talking about deer. I want to hear no. about elk right now. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. I don't even know where to start, but, um, yeah, I just had, uh, probably one of the most memorable and just incredible experiences of my life. I think, I mean, I don't know what, uh, I got goosebumps just talking about it. Just, um, I mean, so, you know, this year my dad and I, um, and a good, good friend of ours, Tom Wellstead, uh, who's also an NBA member. Uh, many of you may know him as well. Um, we, uh, basically decided that, well, I don't know, I think my dad kind of sort of got the ball rolling and said, hey, we're going to go to Idaho. And actually, I'm sure I've talked, I know I've talked about it a couple of times on this podcast too, just, um, about, uh, that I was going elk hunting in Idaho. And so we, uh, decided that's what we were going to do. So we, um, you know, got our tags bought and stuff, right? It, I don't remember when it was, January, February, March, somewhere around there. Um, and, uh, geez, before long, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, a week before we were ready to leave. And 
Um, we we did we did have a contact. But my dad knew a guy um, that lives out in Boise. Um, it's kind of an old like, long story, but long long story short, he's a guy that my dad knew when he was, um, I believe, when he was an undergrad. Um, Terry, uh, this guy that's a good friend of his, um, was a, a graduate student at the time and was kind of a head of one of the labs that he was in but um anyways they got to know each other and you know did some hunting and kind of kept in touch you know over the over the years and so we had uh basically you know he'd kind of gave us some suggestions on some areas and different things and we got the tags that's sort of beside the point but um but yeah so uh what september 16th i guess wednesday worked all day you know been kind of getting my gear all put together um headed out uh just right after work basically as soon as i could get going said my goodbyes to my wife and my little girl and headed out um drove basically you know as far as i could get that night realistically where i felt like i was still safe to drive (laughs) without getting too tired but made it to rock springs um Stayed in uh, stayed in a hotel there, which I didn't realize. But I mean, Rock Springs is kind of an interesting town. If and if you've ever been there, um, there's it's a, in the southwest corner. Yep, of Wyoming, southwest corner. Yeah. The, the old joke is there's two things you want to see in Wyoming, um, <clears throat> and hopefully nobody takes offense to this. And I don't mean this to be offending. It's just a joke. But um, two things you want to see in Wyoming. One is Yellowstone Park. The other is Rock Springs in your rearview mirror. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's what uh, I don't remember who told me that. But I think so it, you're saying this hotel wasn't exactly the Hilton, huh? No, no, it was it was fine. I mean, it was it was clean. I didn't, you know, it was it was fine. But um, but anyways, I think I was there for like a total of six hours. So that was kind of funny. I think I got there about you know one in the morning mountain time, two in the morning you know our time. Um, and I got up, you know, super early, like, you know, six o'clock and got on the road right away. Cause my goal was I wanted to get to camp on Thursday. I wanted to make sure that I was there in the daylight cause I didn't want to try to have to, you know, you know how it is trying to find things on mountain roads and this and that. But long story short, um, I made it, made it to camp Thursday evening and our plan was we were going to pack in, um, with llamas um on friday which was man uh really cool um so friday morning we woke up we kind of all getting our stuff together had a little breakfast had some coffee um we're sort of waiting on terry uh, my dad's friend and then he has a contact um that has a llama business basically and this guy's got like i mean 40 llamas i mean no joke like 40 llamas that he you know rents out to people to, mm-hmm. to do you know hunting trips fishing trips backpacking trips whatever you want to do i mean um he he does that and so they show up you know get the llamas all packed up um you know and they're just man they're just really interesting critters like um that's what you were saying you know people yeah. talk about taking horses up there and stuff and they're just so low maintenance is everything i hear about. incredibly low maintenance i mean i think if a guy really was gonna do that every year um and really wanted to get into that over the counter doing you know a hunt every year whether it be in idaho or montana or colorado or whatever you know it'd almost be i mean it'd be a little bit of a pain but um you know, and, and you can always just rent them too. I mean, that's the other yeah. thing too. You know, you could do that, but maybe you know it would would be at least you know reasonable to think about 
getting some llamas. But yeah, I mean, they're super low maintenance. Um, I mean, I mean, nothing startles them. They don't, they don't really get, um, you know, they're, they're not, and I always hear about llamas spitting, never saw them even have any inclination. They were going to, you know, be upset with you, anything. Um, you just don't touch their face. They don't like their face being touched. Yep. You don't touch their face. You can, you can pat them, pet them, whatever you want to do. Just, you don't touch their face. They don't like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they're very sure-footed. I mean, they, you know, on the, those mountain trails, I mean, obviously, you know, we we, did, we weren't going on anything that was super crazy. I mean, we were just basically hiking up a river bottom to our base camp, um, or I guess you'd call it a spike camp. I mean, we kind of had our base camp at the trailhead. But, um, but yeah, I mean, really, uh, really sure-footed. Um, they're very aware. I mean, they always talk about, I mean, I've read before we even went, you know, how they'll, they'll see things, they'll notice things before you ever will. Um, you know, regardless of, you know, how, you know, good of a woodsman and outdoorsman we, we might think we are. I mean, they're just so tuned in and they'll just pick things out just like that. I mean, um, and, and yeah, and then in camp, I mean, they, are the most low maintenance things you could ever imagine. I mean, literally you, you, you know, you have a rope, you know, you, you tether them to the rope. Um, you know, they just eat whatever's in front of them. Um, and then virtually require, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it was cool when we were there for the most part. Um, it did rain one day. And so I think that probably played into it some, but, um, you know, we, I was, I think I was telling you, I mean, we watered, you know, we offer them water every day. And the guy told us, he said, you know, if they don't want to drink, they won't drink. If you, if you offer them water, they'll drink if they want to drink. Um, and I think one day, one of them drank. Out <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> of five days in the backcountry, one llama drank one time. <laughs> so, Compared to horses, you know, you're watering yeah. multiple times a day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, they don't care as much as a horse. Right. Um, obviously, yeah. there's certainly, um, you know, advantages to horses. I mean, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not dogging on horses at all. I just, you know, just, uh, yeah. um, kind of just talking about llamas, I guess. But yeah, I mean, they don't, uh, they don't care as much way. They can carry about 50 pounds, um, per llama. So, I mean, but we had six of them. So, I mean, we had, you know, I mean, we could have had 300 pounds of gear, um, but we didn't have close to that at all. I mean, we, we, um, I don't even know. I mean, we, none of them were packed as heavy as they could have been. In other words, I mean, they were they were pretty light as far as um, on the the trip in and the trip out, as you'll find out. But <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So we we, we uh, as sort of a long winded way to say we packed in on Friday morning with the llamas, got to our base camp or spike camp, whatever you want to call it. We we're about six miles up this drainage. Um, away from our uh, original camp and pickups and stuff and got stuff set up we kind of made a big tarp for you know I had a big tarp that we used for sort of a cook shelter and just kind of get out of the rain if we needed to and and then we just basically had little backpacking tents um, that we used for for sleeping and everything and um, so yeah I guess that day we I mean you know the hike in took you know three hours or so I mean because by the time we got everything loaded up and got in there and then it was close to you know it was after lunch um by the time we got camp set up and everything you know it was 
four or five o'clock. And so I just decided, well, I'll just go and take a quick hike, you know, see if I can do a little calling, see if I can see anything. It was supposed to rain that night too. And so nobody was super, you know, thrilled about running around everywhere and getting everything all wet and stuff. And so I just took off, went for a little hike, did some calling, didn't hear anything, found a few elk tracks in the trail, but they were in mud. So you just never really know if those are fresh or not. I mean, they could be, you know, weeks old. That's just hard to tell. Saw a wolf track, which was not what I wanted to see really. Um, cause I know that's a big thing in Idaho. Um, you know, I'm sure there's differing opinions on things and I don't really want to get into that too much, but you know, the general consensus is there that, you know, ever since the wolves were introduced, mm-hmm. you know, the elk populations have, um, really suffered. Um, and I'm sure it's multifactorial, uh, factorial. So you know, if anybody's listening and, you know, I, I totally understand that, um, you know, don't get mad at us for saying whatever, but you know, the general consensus is, you know, I mean, there's guy, we talked to a guy that had been hunting there for 40 years. I mean, in that, in that area, in that drain, in those drainages, um, you know, mid eighties to, or, you know, early eighties even, um, I mean, it's 2020. So he'd been hunting there since like, you know, early eighties basically. Um, and he said the hunt there just used to be incredible. Yeah. Um, just absolutely incredible. And I I will say this real quick about the wolves and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, we hope to have Josh on here soon talk and he hunted idaho and he was talking to a man who had been up there all summer and he had observed you know with the elk had been in this area and from the locals they hear that once the wolves move in elk disappear i mean Mm -hmm. they they know i mean they're not safe when the wolves move in and it it does i mean even where we bear hunted the the, a guy came riding through uh, came riding through on a horse one day and he said that used to go up there and hear bugles in every direction and it was like pick whatever bugle you want to go after and he said it was yep. almost a joke elk hunting and wolves moved in and zero elk now so yep. so anyways yeah like you said long story short the wolves yep. are not given in a lot of areas up there definitely and and like i said you know i i think i think they certainly have an impact um i, I don't think you can deny that at Without all a doubt. um and like i said I think there are definitely other factors too. Um, you know, certainly within the last 30 to 40 years, we've seen a large increase in wildfires, mm-hmm. those types of things. And I think those definitely displace elk and hunting move out to other areas. Hunting pressure too. I mean, there, there's a lot of things, but you know, the one thing that you can really point to, and like that guy said, mid nineties, they introduced wolves into central Idaho. That's when the hunting started to really, really deteriorate after that. And like I said, say what you want. But anyways, I saw an elk or a elk track and a wolf track, and I was like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, next morning, so that was Friday. Like I said, Saturday morning we wake up, um, you know, and we sort of had this plan. Um, I was going to go <clears throat> basically up the – so this drainage that we were in kind of lies to the north and south basically. Um, and I was going to go up the east side of it. Um, Tom was going to go up the west side of it and then dad was going to kind of work up the bottom a ways. Um, and then Terry, Terry also had a tag, but he's kind of got a bum knee. And so he was just going to kind of hunt around camp and sort of, um, do a little calling and stuff. And, um, anyways, so I go up and, uh, ended up hiking up into this lake and, you know, found some elk sign. I found a, a rub, but you know, this is September 18th or whatever it was. And, you know, 19th, maybe at that point, I can't remember for sure, but um so 
hard to tell really, you know, what that meant. I mean, that could have been from, you know, late August. It's hard to say for sure, but could have been three weeks ago. Did find some elk tracks, um, you know, around this lake. So it looked like there was some elk in the area. So it kind of felt a little bit encouraged by that. Um, you know, by the time I got up there though, I mean, it's already mid afternoon. I mean, it's a long hike up there. I mean, talking, you know, we put on six to 10 miles a day. And I mean, the first couple miles, no matter where you go, no matter what direction you go are straight uphill. And these mountains are no freaking joke, man. I mean, they are the roughest country I've ever seen. I mean, I've been on a lot of backpacking trips in the summertime with buddies you know, where I'm carrying 50 plus pounds on my back with, you know, fishing gear and tent camping gear and food and everything. And I mean, these were, and I was in, I mean, I felt like I was in pretty good shape. I mean, I've been working out all summer, been running, been, you know, mowing my lawn with my pack on, like doing, you know, looking ridiculous. And, (laughs) and, uh, um, I mean, they were intense to say the least. Um, and so, I mean, you know, you, you spend, you know, you're hiking up, 1500 1200 to 1500 vertical feet you know every single day just to get up to where you maybe need to be you know and so really exhausting um but you know it was awesome i mean i wouldn't trade it for anything it just um makes you feel more alive i guess but yeah. <laughs> um but anyways so i got up to that lake so i looked around didn't really see much and by that like i said by that point it's you know getting Mid-afternoon, I'm thinking, well, I really don't want to try to find my way back in the dark. I'm pretty unfamiliar with this country. I mean, I got my Onyx, which can't say enough about that app. I mean, I know there's other apps. I know there's other great apps, too. But, man, I was so impressed with that thing. I mean, I used it all the time. Um, It just worked flawlessly. I never had to worry about where I was. Um, and then, I, I mean, every iPhone, I'm sure every other phone's got a compass on it too. I mean, you just orient yourself with your compass on your phone, put on your Onyx, it's already oriented to the north, boom, like you're good to go. Like you just know where you need to go. So it just worked so good. Um, anyway, so I end up, uh, so I just kind of started heading back towards camp. I figured I'd just kind of make my way back, do a little calling on the way back. Didn't hear, see anything, just that little bit of sign. Kind of got myself into a little predicament. I was trying to hike down this drainage. I thought I could get down it back to camp. Ended up getting cliffed out um, to the point where I didn't think I could get down. And so I had to kind of backtrack, which, and at this point, it's also raining. By the way, it was raining all day that day. <laughs> so so I end up, uh, you know, having to backtrack, um, you know, a couple at least a mile, maybe a couple miles, just through just the nastiest alders and just terrible i mean just to the point where you're just like is this ever gonna end like what am i doing like this is this is just not fun um ended up finding the trail again got back on the trail made my way back down to camp um got back reports were dad hadn't seen anything tom actually did see a bowl that day a little five point up on the kind of the west side of this drainage um he thought he was going to get a shot, saw him at about, last time he had saw him was about 80 yards. He kind of went behind this little rise. He had, you know, kind of called to him, um, but his wind was not great. It was kind of not blowing towards him, but kind of quartering, and he, th- he thinks he must have just, like, went behind that rise and just followed that and ended up smelling it because he never did see him again. Um, but that was at least encouraging. I mean, we're like, well, you know, somebody saw an elk. That's a good sign. You know, we haven't really... And, and Oh, and he did hear a bugle, too. He heard a bugle 
kind of across sort of where I was, but there was another little kind of ridge in between. And so I, I'd never, I never did hear it. Um, and you know, probably because like I said, it, it, uh, um, you know, there's just that little ridge there and it's just amazing in the mountains how you, you know, sometimes you can hear things so far away and sometimes you can't hear things right in front of you, you know, it yeah. just, it's just crazy. Um, but so we were encouraged by that. So the next day we decided, uh, or that night and we decided, you know, I had a little supper and stuff. We said, well, let's go, you know, my dad and I and Tom, we decided we're all going to hunt together, which I thought, great, this will be fun. Um, and we're just going to go up that west side again, see if we can find that bull. So we head up the west side that next day, um, you know, get up to kind of where Tom had thought he'd seen that elk, um, didn't really see, hear anything. It's maybe like the second or third set we did. Um, I was calling and I actually did hear what we think was, well, we're, I mean, almost positive it was the same bull um, across the drainage again, back to the east, um, probably, you know from where we were, I mean, as the crow flies, you know, he's maybe a mile away probably, but, um, but you know, you're talking descending 1500 feet and climbing 1500 feet. And, you know, if I had to do it again, I probably would have just said, you know what, I'm just going to go after him. Um, because I mean, he like, when I bugled, he cut me off the first time. Like, I mean, he bugled right back instantly. Um, and then I bugled again and he bugled right back. And I thought, and you know thinking back on I'm like man I probably should have went after him but it just seemed so daunting at the time (laughs) you know like you know busting down and I mean I I can't emphasize enough how steep these mountains are like I mean it's like you're like trying to climb up on all fours basically you know to get up these things and um and so you know we we said well we know he's over there he's been there for two days we kind of had an idea where he was sort of a drainage that we thought he must be up in there so i thought well we'll um, we'll go after him tomorrow and so finished that day out we kind of went around there's sort of a mountain just to the uh to the west of that drainage that we were in like i'm talking about we just kind of went around the mountain and then dropped back into the bottom and circled around back to camp um found some pretty good looking country, um, sort of on the west side of this mountain, um, that had, had some beds, had some, a couple wallows, but they were clear. So it didn't look real fresh. Did find some poop, some, some sign, but, um, you know, just look, you know, kind of the story of the trip was maybe, you know, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. type of deal. Um, and so we said, well, you know, there were elk here at some point, um, but we went back to camp that night, and Dad and I decided, you know, he said, well, we're, you know, and I said, well, I'm going to go after that bull tomorrow. I was like, is anybody coming with me? You know? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll come with you. You know, you might have to wait for me, but you, well, I'll come with you. <laughs> so I said, no, that's fine. We'll be, we'll be fine. I'm sure you'll, we'll be fine. So we take off the next morning. So that was Monday. I um, mean, we were planning to pack out Tuesday. So, you know, I mean, this is like, you know, we kind of had three days of hunting back there, basically. So we go up, um, like I said, we, so we, this drainage that we thought he was in was basically just to the south of where I had been the day pre, you know, on Saturday, the, where I had been, um, just kind of over this mountain, this ridge. Um, but we thought that's probably where he was. And so dad and I, we decided, well, we're just going to bomb up the side of the mountain. (coughs) 
excuse me, um, and see if we can make it up. And we were a little bit worried if we can even make it up the mountain. I mean, that's how steep these mountains are. Like, I mean, if you don't find a good spot to go up, you cannot get up them. Like, I mean, they're just so steep. Um, but we made our way up kind of slowly, but surely kind of did some switch back and get up kind of side hill around to get into the drainage. Wind's good. Everything's good. And we're calling, calling, you know, don't hear anything. Don't hear anything. Um, sort of make our way down into the drainage, find a fresh wallow. I mean, had been used within the past couple days cause I mean, it was still muddy. Um, but you know, didn't hear see anything there's actually a little bench that kind of stuck out into this drainage and then there was another little drainage on the other side so we climb up on that bench called the both sides didn't hear anything nothing 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 so we're like hmm. obviously not in here i mean you know could have went over the ridge could have went down who knows but he's not here i mean we covered it pretty extensively felt like we gave it a really good um effort and so that point against getting you know mid at mid to late afternoon we kind of picked our way down the mountain um headed back to camp actually ended up i found a a, a dead head a little five point bowl oh. it was kind of cool so um at least felt like oh i got a little souvenir if nothing else you know and so um ended up uh picking that up and so it was kind of cool i mean it was probably a winter kill maybe like march or something like that i mean because it was i mean there was nothing left i mean it was basically all gone just the part of the skull cap and the antlers essentially i mean we couldn't even find any bones really it was just just that um and anyways so um we go back to camp that night and so like we're, we're gonna pack out that next day um so next day we wake up had a big breakfast um you know got all the you know there's a lot of stuff to get done obviously you know getting camp all packed up and we got the llamas loaded up hiked out and by the time we get out it's mid-afternoon again you know so kind of another another wasted day not really wasted but just you know um saw some fresh bear tracks in the trail i mean like really fresh um big bear i mean it's been probably i mean i don't know i i like to imagine in my mind it was a big old boar but i don't really know (laughs) you know could have been could have been anything really but um looked like a pretty good sized bear and anyways get all the llamas unloaded at, at our base camp and, uh, um, you know, get, get everything that rest of that day. We kind of sort of made a game plan, I guess, for the rest of the day, had a good supper that night, just kind of relaxed for a little while, got our stuff all get, get put together. And, um, and then the next morning we basically had made this plan where we're going to go. Um, I was going to hike, we're going to go kind of go East straight East of our base camp I was going to hike up into one drainage and then kind of side hill around to the east and then drop back down and hike the trail home at some point. Um, And then Dad and Tom, they were going to hike up this other fork of this creek kind of to the south and um, go up that and see if they saw anything. So I head out. I hike up, you know, get into this drainage and just a beautiful basin. I mean like exactly what you think of when you think of elk you know i mean grass everywhere i mean that's the one thing like the food i mean you can't imagine the amount of food that they would have like if there were more elk there you know i mean it's just incredible like everywhere we went there's grass everywhere 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 everywhere. shrubs trees whatever they need like everything is there for them they're just no elk (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I made my way through this drainage and I mean, I 
covered it pretty well. Um, you know, called here and there, didn't see anything, didn't hear anything, didn't find any tracks, didn't find any poop, didn't find any, I mean, literally nothing, you know, found some deer sign, a lot of, a lot of deer tracks, a lot of, uh, um, deer rubs. I mean, I could, you know, just from the look of it, I'm like, I don't think this is an elk rub. Like it looks too, um, you know, it just didn't, it just didn't look like an elk rub, you know, it looked like a deer. Um, and then I end up, you know, hiked at drainage. I think I called you then. That's when yeah. I called you. And I was kind of like, hey, man, you know, haven't seen an elk yet. You know, <laughs> kind of uh, feeling a little bit, you know, discouraged. But um ended up making my way around this mountain, um, out of the drainage around this mountain. And then I just get into this just crap. I mean, it was like it had burned at some point. Um, and, I mean, it was just garbage like i mean just i mean i I can't i couldn't imagine an elk living there it was after the drainage it was just dirt scrubby little pine trees and blowdown. that's all it was like for as far as you could see in every direction um and so you know i ended up i mean i hiked through that for you know a couple miles probably and finally just said this is ridiculous like there's not going to be any elk here i just didn't feel like there was going to be hadn't seen any sign no poop no tracks nothing you know and so I said, well, I'm just going to, you know, pop down to the trail and hike back to camp. I'll just call along the way, you know. And so I did that, made my way, made my way down to the trail. Um, again, using the Onyx stuff and like I said, can't say much, uh, can't say enough about that. I mean, that's, it just worked so good, so slick. Um, make my way back to camp. Um, I got back before Tom and Dad did. I mean, it's mid-afternoon. Um, kind of relaxed, shot my bow, just, you know, ended up, uh, actually ended up talking to, there were some other guys camped in the campground. We weren't in the campground. We were just kind of just outside of the campground, just in like a little spot that, you know, somebody had made or whatever. And I ended up going up to these guys, you know, and just thought, well, I'll just, you know, make some conversation see if they're having any luck, you know, and just trying to be friendly and I'm talking to him. I said, Hey, you guys have any luck? And they're like, Oh yeah, we got a bowl. I'm like, Oh really? You know? And so I get to talking to him and, and long story short, um, you know, they ended up shooting that bowl that, that my dad and I had tried to go Mm -hmm. after. And they actually shot it that Monday when we had went up the mountain to try to find him. He had actually come off of, out of that basin and was down. We probably, I mean, we literally walked right around him. Um, Just just missed him. I mean, we, we walked, around him essentially and they actually hiked up the trail that day um and called and that's the other like i said it's amazing how sometimes you can hear things so easy and sometimes you can't because we never heard anything i mean never heard a bugle nothing and they called and you know they bugled and he bugled right back and they bugled and they ended up you know hiking up up the mountain up and around him i mean we were probably less than half a mile from each other i mean maybe a quarter mile from each other honestly Anyways, they end up getting on this bull and they shot him. Really nice bull. I mean, just a big old mature five by six, like just a you know, the brow tines were like you know, like a two and a half, three inch mm-hmm. diameter, like big bases on him. I mean, just a really, really old bull. Um, so that's cool. I talked to them and you know, and then uh, and you know, and and they they had done it right. I mean, they they weren't messing around. I mean, they were serious you know, serious elk hunters. They'd done this before. They were, um, very knowledgeable. Um, and they had hiked up the trail. They packed it out on their backs. I mean, they did everything. So, I mean, I was like, you know what? Good for you guys. Yeah, like no, no, uh, 
not going to say anything bad about that at all. I mean, that was okay. Um, and so, but, but then I kind of felt like, well, you know, sort of had thought, well, maybe the next day I was going to go after that bull again, you know, hike up the trail or something. But, um, obviously he was gone. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that had to be the same Mm -hmm. one. I mean, there just wasn't enough elk in there to, to imagine that it would be something different, you know? Um, and so anyways, we end up, uh, dad and Tom finally got back, kind of told them that story. And, um, and so, you know, we sort of sitting around kind of like, what do we do? You know, I mean, it's, this is Wednesday now. Um, I've got Thursday and Friday to hunt basically, you know, um, before I have to head home. Um, and that was, you know, I mean, they didn't have to, I mean, they, they could have stuck around longer. They didn't have a kind of a timeline like I did, but I knew I had to leave Saturday cause it's a solid two drive back, two day drive to get back. And so we sort of hemmed and hawed and didn't really know what we were going to do. Um, went to bed that night and this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> um, so that night, um, you know, we, so I, I preface this by saying, so that morning before I left, this is Wednesday, like I said, uh, that morning before we had left to go on our hike, I'd come out of the tent, um, and I had my headlamp on, kind of shined it down towards the road, towards the pickups. And there's a culvert that runs across like this little, um, sort of, there's a little drainage and there's a culvert there. And I saw a skunk, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, skunk, whoop-de-doo, you know, and didn't, didn't really think anything of it. Well, like I said, so we're in a wall tent, right? So anybody that's been in a wall tent before knows, you know, it's just, it's kind of an open tent. It's not like it's super, uh, airtight or anything. I mean, that's not the point of it. It's just a shelter. Um, that night, uh, you know, we go to bed and had our nightly cribbage game, had supper and stuff and went to bed and, and I wake up and Tom's like, Hey, what was that? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? Like, I just kind of come to, and he's like, I thought I heard something. So I get my light out. I'm shining. I was like, I don't, I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. And he's like, oh, okay. I must, I must have just been hearing something. And so we go back to bed and I think it was about 12, 15, 12, 30. I wake up, um, and I'm listening and I'm like, there's something in our tent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm like, there's something in here. Like I can hear something making noise, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, so I'm like, hey, guys, wake up, you know, like Tom, like Tom, wake up, like there's something in our tent, you know, and he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, there's something in here. And so I get my light out, shine it over, skunk, <laughs> like there's a skunk inside of the wall tent rummaging through, which I don't know why, but we had a bag of trash that at this point it just had like water bottles and like just a few cans and stuff, but it must have had something in it that smelled, you know, we didn't really even think about it, but, um, and we should have, I mean, it was really dumb on our part. And we all said, we're like, that was really stupid to have that in the tent, you know, but, but I mean, it didn't really matter at that point. Here we are, there's a skunk inside the wall tent with us. And we're like, what do we do? I mean, you talk about helpless feeling like, what, what do you do for a skunk? I mean, that you can't, you know, if it's a, you know, I mean, God forbid, if it's a bear, at least you can like, you know, try to beat it over the head with something or something, you know, like just try to get it out of there. But, um, but, uh, you know, you can't do that with a skunk or he's going to spray. Um, and so we sort of like made some noise, kind of shined a light and, 
at one point it kind of like ran over towards us, like trying to get behind the cots. And we're like, oh my gosh, like don't, you know, and then he kind of ran back towards and eventually he leaves. Um, and so we're like, geez, we got to get this stuff out of here. And so we get the trash bag out. We had just a little bit of food and some totes. Get all that out of the tent. And we're just like, gee, man. I mean, we got like our toothpaste out, you know, because I mean, I read before like, well, you know, there any smells, anything like that. They're attracted to not, not specifically skunks, but, you know, bears typically I think of. And get all stuff out of the tent. Um, and I'm just thinking he's going to come back like he's going to be back. And, um, and we were just like, well, we have avoided disaster at this point. Like, cause if you'd have sprayed in there, I mean, it just would have been a disaster. I can't even, I mean, all our hunting clothes are in there, all our sleeping gear. I mean, it just would have been, I don't even know. I don't even want to think about it, but, um, I mean, let's go to bed and I'm just about ready to get to sleep. And I hear noise again. I'm like, you know, and I turn my light on. Sure enough, skunk's back. So we make some noise, get him out of there, finally leaves, you know, and I'm like, man, this is getting ridiculous. You know, it's like two, two thirty in the morning now. And so I'm like, well, got to try to get some sleep. You know, we got to figure out what we're doing in the morning. And so try to go back to sleep like an hour later, hear another noise again wake up, throw the light over there, skunk's here again, I'm just like, oh my goodness, like, you know, this thing will just not take a hint, you know, um, and at this point, there's nothing in the tent for him, I mean, he's just, yeah. like, coming back, like, looking for stuff, you know, and, um, and, uh, finally leaves, and then we didn't see him the rest of that night, but, um, finally got a little bit of sleep, you know, it's like, you know, we that point wake up you know later than we probably wanted to just because you know we didn't sleep really at all that night because i mean you're worried about what if you know what if he comes under the side of the wall thing like and he's right you know i mean god that'd just be terrible um you know it's just a skunk i get it but it's like man like can you imagine like a skunk just spraying all your stuff and just like trying to drive home your pickup would smell like skunk your gear would smell like skunk your tents smell like i mean everything there'd just be no getting rid of it you know um, and so woke up that next morning and we're like, what do we do? You know, do we want to, you know, do we want to keep hunting here? There's, you know, we could maybe go up kind of straight north of camp. There was maybe an area we hadn't really been to yet. Um, but I had just talked to a guy who had come off of there the day before a different guy that I didn't mention. And he said he hadn't seen anything really. And so finally decided we're like, we can't stay here cause the skunk's going to be back. Like it's, he's going to be back in our tent tonight. And we've averted disaster at this point. Like we haven't, you know, haven't uh, been sprayed or anything yet. So we're like, we gotta, we gotta get out of here, you know? So we do, we end up, uh, um, you know, breaking camp, get off the mountain. Um, didn't really have a plan. And we kind of talked to the, there was a guy there, like I said, that mentioned that it, he'd been hunting there for 40 years. He kind of gave us just a few ideas i mean just kind of random stuff that he we figured well we'd go for a drive kind of in another unit so our area that we could hunt was a zone and there's four units within that zone um and so we could go up to a different unit and so get off the mountain um plan was that night uh, my wife 
aunt actually lives in Emmett, Idaho, which is just right north of Boise, and they have a cabin up in Cascade, Idaho, which is north of Boise. About it's about an hour and a half north of Boise, um, and we um, we're just like, well, we're just gonna stay in that cabin tonight, and then figure out what to do on Friday and hunt from there. So we get off the mountain, go down to town, and we parked Tom's pickup. He had a little trailer, and so we just all jump in my pickup, go, we just went for a drive kind of north out of McCall up this road, checking out some areas. You know, saw some really cool country. Like, it was a lot different there. It was less super steep, kind of more gentle. Not not gentle. I don't want to say gentle terrain. It's still mountains, but, like, mm-hmm. less than what we were dealing with. A lot more meadows, kind of more open country, but also a lot more hunters. I mean, we saw a lot of people up there. Um, and we, you know, we got out a couple times, you know, did a little calling, didn't hear anything. Um, you know, by the time we ended up getting to like the end of where this road ended, you know, it's getting five thirty, six o'clock at night. And so drove back into town, grabbed Tom's pickup, went over to the, uh, over to the cabin, made a little supper, sort of had an ordeal there, but that's beside the point. We <laughs> couldn't actually get into the cabin until like 10, 10 30 at night. Cause there was a, some people staying there and they had went into town and it was just a long story, but we ended up getting in sleeping. And um, anyways, that, that night we sort of talked about, but before I had gotten there, um, sort of backing up a little bit, Tom and dad had been up in this other area, um, kind of just to the east of the cabin a ways. Um, and they had had a camp there and it set up there for a while and been hiking up into this drainage and looking at this area found a bunch of old elk sign but no like nothing fresh and so um so we were sort of you know deciding well what do we do um it's the last day i can hunt um you know there were elk there you know they have to be around somewhere i would think um and so we thought well there's another kind of you know drainage to the west you know maybe they just popped over the hill maybe they're somewhere around there it's like, we don't really have anything else to go off of, so let's just go try it. So next morning, we wake up early, um, and, you know, I could kind of tell, you know, and I, th- I think they, Maggie, my dad and Tom were kind of, you know, I, I don't want to dog on them, that's not what I, but I think they were, you know, they'd been hunting longer than mm-hmm. I had, and I think they were like, you know, kind of spent. I mean, they they had put in a lot of miles, a lot of elevation, a lot of days of hunting and we're kind of just like, you know, I don't want to say they, they hadn't given up, but they were just, you know, they're tired. <laughs> a little wore down. Yeah. You know, they're wore down. And so I kind of, you know, I'd set my alarm and I, it went off and I was like, well, um, you know, we'll see. And I sort of thought, no, it went off and I was like, I'm going to get up. We're going to go. Um, so we get up, um, get on the road, um, go into town, grab some coffee um, head up this road, get up to basically kind of right by this drainage where we were going to hunt. Um, there's a little forest service access road. So we pull off, park to pick up, um, get out, kind of getting our gear ready. And Tom was just standing over at the edge of the road and he says, Hey, I'm pretty sure I just heard bugle. <laughs> and I was like, no, you didn't. Like, there's no way, you know. And he's like, no, I swear, I'm just sure. I'm sure I just heard a bugle. And so, I go over and stand by him, and and uh, sure enough, like I hear it too. I hear a bugle. I'm like, holy crap, there's an elk here. Like, you know, like 
Um, it didn't sound that far away. And so um, we, we thought he was kind of below this forest service road. And so we, you know, get our gear together, dive off into this um, below the forest service road and make a set call, nothing, make a set call, nothing, make a set call. Like, you know, like we've done a hundred times so far this trip, nothing. We're just like, what the hell? You know, like, I know we heard him. What happened to him? So we're kind of like, you know, hemming and hawing and whatever. And so we, we get back up to the road. So we're probably, you know, half mile, three quarters of a mile from my pickup. You know, we just kind of hiked sort of up the bottom and this and, um, and it was like, well, let's just, you know, we'll just keep walking up the road. And actually we were seeing tracks in the road. Like there was elk tracks in the road and we were like, well, those look fresh, you know, and they did just rained like the day before. And we're like, there's got to be elk here somewhere. And so, you know, we go up the road, probably, I don't even know if we went more than 200, 300 yards. And I'm like, I'm going to call. Like, just let's stop. I'm just going to rip off a call here and see what happens. I rip off a bugle immediately. Bull bugles right back. But he was actually up above. And so we had thought he was below us. And actually, I think he was probably... When we heard him first, I think he was probably in the road. Like, honest yeah. to God, like, I think he was in the road bugling at us when we first heard him. And then he went up the mountain to bed or whatever. And so, you know, we run up the road about 200, 300 yards and then go busting up this, you know, again, now we're back in the steep mountains. Like, these are, you know, super steep. Get about two, 300 feet up, um, get set up. Tom's below, dad's in the middle, I'm up above. I start calling, calling, and and mean and in the meantime he's he's bugling like I mean he, when we were hiking up the mountain he's bugling at us. Um, then I don't hear anything, you know. Get set up, I call nothing. Cow call, bugle nothing. I'm like, what's going on, you know? And then all of a sudden I there's like a patch of alders kind of above me and maybe you know to the side hill a little ways to the north, and I hear like you know noise like you know crunch crunch like not like a crunch like a deer in the leaves but just like you know like something walking mm-hmm. i could hear i'm like he's right there like he's coming in you know and uh about that time um all of a sudden i feel on the back of my neck <laughs> the wind and i'm thinking crap that's blowing right to where i just heard that noise and it wasn't five seconds later, I hear, crash, 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 crash. You know, and I'm just like, crap. He smelled me, ran off. And we're like, shoot, you know. Like, um, and so we all get back together. And it's like, I think he was coming. I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard him. Um, got our wind. Bummer deal, you know. <clears throat> At this point, again, we're like, well, hey, at least we kind of had a chance, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Sort of felt good about, well, you know, we came to this area and had really no idea if there was even anything here. And lo and behold, here's a bull and, and great. You know, we we uh, felt like we had a chance. And so I was like, that's I, I'm pretty happy with that. And so we went down the hill. And again, it's only, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock maybe. And we're like, we well, still got you know, some time we can hunt. And, um, and so um, my dad's like, well, how about this? you and Tom, you know, walk up the road, just keep hunting up the road. Cause I mean, we're on this road. It's like, whatever, just we'll use it. Um, and he's like, I'll hike back and I'll get the pickup and then I'll drive up to you guys. And so he said, okay, that sounds good. So Tom, and I take off. Dad starts walking down towards the pickup. 
um, you know, walking up the road, made a set, called nothing, made a set, called nothing. We finally get to this place. There's like a, the road kind of wraps around this um, big timbered bowl, B-O-W-L, not bull elk, but bowl, like a timbered bowl. And there's a little opening in the trees and you can kind of see this whole thing unfold and there's a little clearing down below us. And I'm like, I'm going to call here. So I call, boom, immediately, bull bugles. Cow call, boom, bull bugles. Bugle, bull bugles back. Like just instantaneously, every time I called, this bull would fire back. And I'm like, huh, you know, and so then we're like, I wonder if that's a hunter, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. like he's kind of like, he's calling every time we're calling. This seems a little, you know, it sounded like an elk, but you just never know. you know. And, and before that, we had seen a pickup drive by, and so we're like, and then another pickup had driven by, and so we're like, God, is this, you know, is this really an elk or is this another hunter? But we thought, well, we don't have a choice. I mean, we got to, we got to give it a shot. So we thought that he was, you know, if we went all, followed the road all the way around this timbered bowl, there's a ridge that stuck out, um, kind of, that ran kind of north and south, um, and we're looking across to the west, basically. And we thought, we're like, okay, it sounds like he's over there. And so we thought, well, let's hike around. Um, We'll go work our way down that ridge and we'll call. So we hike all the way around this, um, hike down the ridge, um, get set up. You know, dad's down to the right of me. Tom's down to the left. I'm back calling. I let out a bugle, some cow calls. And then I was pretty sure I heard him bugle again. But it was really windy right now and I couldn't hear very well. But I was like, I'm pretty sure I just heard him like, kind of back where we came from, you know? And I was like, huh, well. But then I went and talked to Dad, and he's like, no, I'm pretty sure I heard him down below. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's down the ridge. And so, oh, whatever. So we go down the ridge a little farther. Same scenario, set up again. I'm calling. And then I hear it again. I'm like, no. Definitely is back. Like, back yeah. kind of towards where we came from. So we got back together again, said, okay, we're going to go around the timbered bowl and get about halfway from where we originally started and we'll call down into it and see if we can get a response so we get hike all the way around there call down in boom immediate response bugles right back like okay we know where he's at sounds pretty close maybe less than a quarter mile probably and so bail off the road down into this bowl um you know probably go 100 yards set up I call, bugle, 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 not moving, won't move. Like, okay, go 100 yards further. You know, we're just trying to be real quiet. I mean, not, not quiet because I mean, elk really don't care about noise, but, you know, trying to not at least, like, completely give away our position and, you know, and have him be 100 yards away and look up and see us, you know. And get another 100 yards, get set up again, call uh, you know call he bugles i call he bugles dad cow calls he bugles tom cow calls he bugles you know just like constant response but won't move like just stand put and so we're like all right so we said let's move one more time like in this point like he's close like i mean he's probably within a couple hundred yards mm-hmm. for sure but it's super thick so can't really see much so we go like i think probably another 50 to 100 yards at this point, Dad was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay back a little ways. You guys get set up in front. I'm going to rake a tree, um, and we'll see what happens. And so we're like, okay, sounds good. So I go down to the right. Tom goes down to the left. Dad's staying back. We're probably, 
you know, I'm probably 30, 40 yards from Tom. Dad's like 50, 60 yards behind us. And he starts raking this tree. And it probably wasn't, I don't know, maybe a couple minutes, I hear a whistle. I look over, and I look over at Tom, and Tom's pointing to his eyes, and then points down the hill like, I see him, you know? And I look down the hill, and it was like right at that moment that I saw movement. I'm like, oh, he's here, you know, he's he's coming. And he, so this bull comes, comes right in, basically. I mean, um, and dad's, luckily dad was back far enough and kind of behind some brush and stuff. He could never see him. Um, I think that's what kind of kept him interested for the longest time. He ends up coming right to Tom. I mean, walks right towards him, is standing there facing Tom for probably, I don't know, five minutes maybe. Um, but Tom doesn't have a shot because um, he's kind of obscured by some brush and he's facing him, which, you know, there's a whole, other, that's a whole other topic for another day about elk facing you, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, shot placement and stuff. And guys say that works for sure. Um, but anyways, um, didn't have a shot because there's brush in the way. But he had a little opening that if he turned broadside and kind of walked to the right, he'd have a chance. So what does the bull do? Exactly that. Turns to the right, standing broadside. Tom goes to draw his bow, boom. And he's like 15 yards from Tom probably. Bull just looks right at him. So Tom freezes. I mean, luckily Tom's been elk hunting. I mean, they go to Colorado about every year. I mean, he's done a lot of elk hunting. Um, not a ton with the bow, but I mean, usually they muzzleload, but I mean, he's de- certainly done his fair share with the bow as well. And, um, and so he had the wherewithal, um, and I give him complete credit because, you know, I don't know if I would have had the wherewithal to know just to stop, but he f- completely freezes. Um, and the bull's kind of looking at him, you know, looks away, looks back at him. Um, and he's just like, I'm not gonna be able to shoot. Like he's got me pegged. Um, but he knew he's like, well, he's, facing you know he's walking towards kyle so hopefully he'll have a shot so anyway so and i'm watching this unfold like i said i'm a little farther down the hill and so the bull's kind of even with me on you know the on elevation wise and he's probably 20 yards from me right now and then at one point like rips out a bugle like facing right at me i mean just like put the hairs on the back of your neck stand up just like rips out this bugle i was like oh my goodness this is awesome but (laughs) and then i can see like um he's coming my way you know and i have basically one shooting lane um kind of straight down the hill um and it's probably 15 yards wide um and that's basically the only spot i have to shoot um you know when he was standing there there was like a little opening you know he's standing by tom there facing tom he's broadside to me and there's like a small opening i was like man i probably could fit an arrow through there but you know you know how that goes man you try Mm -hmm. to fit arrows through small spaces that just you're just asking for disaster you know i mean you're asking to set yourself up for failure so i didn't shoot luckily i'm glad i didn't obviously um but uh, anyways, so I, I'm thinking, I'm watching him. He's walking, walking. I'm like, he's going to walk right into my lane here. Like, I'm going to have a shot. And so I waited, you know, he's he kind of walking, walking. And I see there's a bunch of brush right before my opening. And so I thought, okay, as soon as he goes behind that brush, I'm going to draw. Sure enough, walks right behind the brush. I draw my bow. I'm at full draw. He steps out. I think I cow called. I really don't remember. I don't really remember anything about the shot in particular. Um, other than I, I thought it was good. Um, I mean, 
He steps out. I'm pretty sure I cow called. He stops. I shoot. I hear whop. You know, like, I mean, mm. sounded good. I'm like, okay, hit him. Arrow felt good. I mean, like, I've practiced thousands of times this summer. I mean, thousands of arrows. Um, and I'm like, okay, felt good. Runs off. I see him stop about 50 yards away. I can just see the, like, basically the top of his head and his antlers. And I'm watching him. And I was pretty sure, I mean, I'm looking kind of through some brush, but I thought I saw him sway to the right, sway to the left, and then I didn't see him again. And so I'm thinking, did he just fall over right there? Like, I'm pretty sure he just fell over yeah. right there, you know? And and uh, so, um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't move, didn't make any more noise. Um, Dad and Tom come down, and we sat there. I'm like, pretty sure it was a good shot. Like, felt good. Like, I was like, I really don't remember seeing the arrow, you know? But, but like, I felt like I did my normal progression, and it should have, you know, should have been good. So, um, we end up, you know, we waited about 30, 40 minutes and then we're like, well, that should be enough time. If it's a good shot, he should be dead. Go down the hill. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention about 10 minutes we're waiting there and we hear just like some thrashing, you know, like not like an orderly, like something running away type of thrashing, but just like thrash, thrash, you know, mm-hmm. like, like just kind of like something, um, and I was like, hmm, I don't know about that, you know, and they're like, well, sometimes they'll have like their death, their death kicks, case. you know, yeah. and so that's like, well, maybe that's what it was. Um, anyway, so we hiked down the hill, look for my arrow, can't find my arrow initially, um, but, you know, walk down to kind of follow tracks and then find my arrow and it's just coated in bright red blood. I mean, just looks fantastic. I mean, exactly what you want to mm-hmm. see on your arrow. That's what it looked like, you know, and so we're like, perfect. Looks like a good shot. Arrow looks good. And then right away we start finding blood. You know, we're following the blood trail. Blood, blood, blood. And then Tom looks up and says, he's right there. Oh, man. <laughs> and so, I mean, he, he, I don't know. I mean, I think I saw him tip over. Yeah, it must have been right there. And then we probably heard him just kind of thrashing a little bit. But, I mean, he's laying dead. Didn't, didn't go 50 yards probably. Oh, man. Um, and, you know, I, I, I talk about the shot a little bit. Um, and we've talked about this some. Um, um, you know, it was not exactly where I thought it was. Um, you know, obviously I think sometimes in the heat of the moment as bow hunters, we, you know, uh, don't always keep track of things like we probably should. I mean, I had, at least I had the, you know, wherewithal to make sure I marked where I'd seen him. I watched him immediately after the shot. I marked right where I'd shot him at. So, I mean, we were, I did all that, but, um, but anyways, the, the shot was high and back um, for sure, um, and I ended up. I mean, I think it probably clipped, you know, his dorsal aorta. Mm-hmm. Um, probably got liver, dorsal aorta, like kind of all through that that stuff. But definitely high and back. Um, but I mean, obviously did the job. Did the trick. Um, he clipped that, and it works quicker than about anything. Yeah, crazy. Um, but so I, I I fully recognize that was you know very fortunate that 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 did happen the way that it did um, and we didn't have a gut shot elk running around thank God but um, you know sometimes that just happens it's bow hunting sometimes I guess but um, but I mean needless to say obviously I was pretty tickled um, 
Really fun hunt. I mean, we got them all butchered up, got them packed out. Didn't have a super hard pack job. Had to go up about 300 feet of elevation, but I mean, the road was right there, so it wasn't wasn't terrible. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know what else to say about it than that. It was just, uh, I don't know, pretty pretty special. I mean, you know, my dad was there, like I said. Um, you know, probably something I'll remember for the rest of my life. I'm, Everything I'm sure. Everything you dream of right there. Yeah. The last day, I mean, last... Yeah. You know, last, virtually the last set, probably. Yeah. You know, I mean, the last of the last of the last, you know, and to, you know, just to, you know, I remember, you know, it didn't really hit me at first you know, when we were taking pictures and stuff and we're all pumped, but then, you know, I hiked up out of the bottom because I was going to, well, I was going to try to actually, there was a road below us, but it ended up being blocked so we couldn't get down to it, but I hiked up on my own to go get the pickup and um you know it was kind of kind of bittersweet sort of a little surreal got a little choked up just you know thinking about all the you know just all the hours and stuff put oh, in yeah and, that's i the mean thing. you prepare all summer you know all yeah. those runs and yeah thousands of arrows shot and everything you know you just yeah. pray for a chance at something like that and then it unfolds yep not yeah. only that like all the adversity you face too you're not seeing many elk you just feel like you know, like you said, on a last minute set like that, it's you develop such a deeper appreciation for it Definitely. and what it really takes than if it were to be a, you know, twenty yard broadside slam dunk on a, on your first day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty special. Um, I mean, not like it was a giant bull or anything, but I mean, just like everything that happened that trip and just. Uh, you know, to have it all unfold the way that it is. I, I thought about calling him the skunk bull. I think that's an appropriate name for him just because, uh, you know, <laughs> it, without that skunk, you know, we wouldn't have probably moved. Um, yep. and wouldn't have probably had the chance. And, uh, so I don't know. It's just funny how that stuff works out. I was, Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I was kind of joking around with, uh, with my dad and, you know, we were just sort of hemming and hawing and I was talking about, you know, Obviously, I know pretty much everybody in the NBA community, you know, knows that, you know, the passing of our um, dear um, friend and former member, Dick Mock, and we were just kind of joking around that uh, last fall, I guess that happened, but um, kind of joking around how, um, you know, Dick, you didn't have to send a skunk in the tent to get us a move. You could have probably figured something else out for us, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so it all worked out. But no, it was a great trip. Um, you know, that over-the-counter hunting, it's it's not for the light of, uh, or it's not for the faint of heart, for no, sure. There's a reason um, success odds for OTC elk over the West hover around 10%. Yep. I mean, it's no easy feat, and those who think it, who think it is probably hasn't, you know, gone out and done it themselves. Yeah. No, I guess I can, I guess I can say I'm a 10 percenter. Actually, in that unit, uh, it's about 7 <laughs> percent. There you go. So, but anyways, yeah, no, it was, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, pretty, uh, pretty neat experience. And, um, I don't know, I'll be looking to go again here in the next few years again. And once you go once, you're hooked. Yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. Um, like I said, certainly a lot of time and energy and um, preparation, and and I think you just have to do those things. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. there's no way around it. You have to you have to just commit yourself to 
being in the best shape that you can and um, practicing with your bow and doing all those things that you need to do to be successful and and then you know it just takes a some I mean sometimes it just takes a certain amount of luck too yeah, exactly um, you know you can't you, you have to have some luck too and I guess I had it so <laughs> absolutely but pretty uh pretty cool adventure so that's kind of the synopsis of that I guess that was a really long winded story but um i could probably tell it about 50 more times and wouldn't get tired of it i don't think so yeah (laughs) i think that was joking i think the first time i told you i was like 40 minutes or something and then everybody else that would call me be like well last time i told this it took about 40 minutes so do you want the long version or the short version (laughs) the whole thing it isn't the same without all the other details yeah just adds to everything for sure but um anyways that's all i got man um i guess you got anything else to add or i don't man that was a great story appreciate it man yeah no it's like i said just a memory i'll never forget and um you know i don't uh i always i told my wife you know this year um you know not to get all sentimental about it but a little bit sentimental i mean i said you know i asked her hey i think my dad's gonna go elk hunting i was like i'd like to go you know mm-hmm. um i've been you know i've been in college i've been in medical school i've been in residency you know i've put all of these things on hold you know i've been able to deer hunt i don't deny that i certainly have done those things but um i just had never been able to to go elk hunting. i've always wanted to go and i said i don't know how many you know i you know we're, we're never given any more days than we have today you know so I don't know if, you know, I, God forbid, I mean, I hope dad lives till he's 110. I don't care, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just don't know how many more times we'll be able exactly. to do trips like that. Yeah. So, um, and she said, no, I, I get it. That's, that's, that's fine. So props to her too, for putting up with me and going and doing those things. And so, absolutely. Uh, Especially just having the kid and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, man, for sure. And of course, uh, my kid was sick the whole week I was gone. Yeah, of too, course. So. Yeah. <laughs> So you probably recovery uh, a big one on that. No, oh, no, I absolutely do for sure. So, um, anyways, I guess let's uh, wrap it up. And uh, anything else that you got to add? I don't think so. Okay, no. sounds good. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed this. And um, you know, I, I haven't even been out deer hunting yet. It's October what seventh or eighth or ninth, and <laughs> it's October eighth. So, uh, well, you might have timed it just right. It's been. 90 degrees it seems like forever and it finally looks like it's going to cool off and stay that way for once so yeah so looking forward to get out and doing that so um we'll have a couple more podcasts planned at some point here again um and if you guys have any other things that you want us to talk about you know definitely send us a message or on facebook or whatever um and uh yeah i guess that's about all i got so yeah perfect All right, man. Well, this is Kyle Klammer. This is Zach Welch. And this is... The Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA. Thanks for listening, guys. Good luck out there.